how like you did the countdown and they held completely like normal like they can see me but they can't yeah we were like holding still <laughs> and i mean really stupid and then you're like recording i'm like okay i probably delayed it too because as i was hitting record it like didn't record right away so i had to do it like three times i was like bitch excuse me hello so <laughs> welcome <laughs> Welcome to the next shit show. No, <laughs> literally. That's a new title. KK Mo's shit show. Oh my God. Another podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the story of our lives. <laughs> God. Girl. So what's going on? What's the haps? Anything fun? <sighs> literally my life since we have last chatted, which when did we Zoom? It was like Sunday. Nothing. I've done nothing. I've worked and I've done and I've come home and done nothing really exciting. <laughs> nothing <laughs> worth mentioning. I did some laundry. I cleaned a little bit. <laughs> I haven't seen shows. I haven't seen Kay in live person in like two weeks now. This is like the longest for us. I um, know. Since uh we started hanging out. Um, but she took some time because she was sick and then I've just been uh, busy and then with the move and then you have like other friends and shit. (laughs) Zoom is like a blessing slash curse, I guess. (laughs) Right. Because it's like we could still record over Zoom, but also then it's like we can't like, you know what I mean? Like we're not like, oh, we have to meet up on on this day. We'll get back there once my office is uh, right put together. All moved in and settled. I'm excited because I get to see uh, Lowe's new house. I was going to say tomorrow, but no, Saturday. So she says that, but when I'm putting her to work, she's I'm like, oh my God, why? <laughs> I'm going to be like, um, I'm not feeling well. I think I need to go home. <laughs> I want to bring her an old uh, shout out, Contemporary Maids t shirt. Oh my God. Oh, memories. Nostalgia. Anybody that lives in the Oakland County, Macomb County area, if you want a cleaning job, um, Google contemporary maids. Uh, hey, hey. Definitely Justin, hiring. Justin's not giving us any ad money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, but if someone says, yeah, I heard this podcast and they say you're hiring, I'm like, bitch, you, you're giving me a finder's fee. Oh, on true, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're hiring guys. I can just train them so they can replace me, please. <laughs> Still trying to find somebody to replace me, and I've been gone like a year and a half. <laughs> oh, sad but true. Oh my god. <sighs> so hopefully, our best friend Dex Shepherd's listening and uh, you know checking in with us. Hey. What up? I wonder if he like if he ever hears this, like, cause he ever like finds out that we shot him out every single episode. If he'll go back and listen to like every episode just It'll- to like hear us shout him out, you know? <laughs> Until he finds like the one I think we forgot. And he's like, I'm out, I'm done. It's not true. I know we did. I think we only missed one. We, I, maybe like the first episode or two we didn't, just because like we were like trying to figure ourselves out. <laughs> We'll go back and listen to all of them and figure it out. Yeah, because I can't remember if we did or not. Yeah, um, I 
I have been doing nothing except watching, slowly getting more into the ultimatum. And I can't wait for her to finish, but uh, what episode are you on? Um, I believe I'm on five. Pretty okay. sure that's the episode. So you're halfway through. Yeah. So Jake and Ray were my favorite. Yeah, they're my favorite too, definitely. Um, April was a little psychotic. Yeah, um, she's a little intense. I liked Zay, but he's got um, some issues he needs to work out, I think. You'll see more as it keeps going. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, Um, we can have a full on discussion about it at the end. I'm so excited because I just feel because they're still like living with the other couples right now. And I think it's coming to an end soon, like them living with the other ones. But I'm so excited for that shit show, you know, (laughs) can't wait. That was our non-true crime moment. Moment. <laughs> yeah. So, Kay, tell the world what we're drinking. We are drinking Stella Rose wine, green apple. And it tastes like a freaking green apple, you know, lives up to the name. Nice, crisp, bubbly, um, refreshing. All the things you, I would assume you would want in a wine. <laughs> Unless you're like a bitter red Bitch. wine drinker oh, or wine. that or that too, you know, either or. <laughs> but I, I like this. I like, I've liked all the Stella Rose. I've tried quite a few of the Stella Rose wines and I've liked I've, all of them that I've tried so far. So shout like out the ones to that, them. <laughs> I say I like the ones that have that, just that little crisp feeling. Yeah. Cool, the bubbly, yeah. The I feel like they, all of their wines at least all the ones i've tried have that so they they got a a secret formula going on over there (laughs) so today is actually um a story that i want to say i enjoyed not that i enjoyed learning the stuff but it was very interesting to me um and i enjoyed doing the research but um it was also sad more and Yeah, I, there's like a lot that I feel like goes on. I don't know, like there's just even like weird stuff that has happened that doesn't even necessarily have to do with, we haven't said the name, but this person's death or anything like that. But even just like very interesting, like backstory stuff on their life too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there's so much um I was telling Kay we could probably do like six weeks of episodes into this if you wanted to (laughs) um we're not so we are going to do a two-parter though um we try not to but there's just a lot of stuff and I want to try to give these people and listeners and creepers and creepies and everybody um the most information that I can just because it's so fascinating but at the same time, if I rush it, I feel like I might leave out some cool stuff. So we're going to slow it down and I think do it in a two-parter. Hey, we love a two-parter, you know, leaves them on their, on their toes. Is that a saying? Keeps them on their toes. We've only done one two-parter. That was the Selena and uh, Yolanda. Yolanda case. Yes. Um, but so... Without further ado, you good? Drum roll. I was clearing my throat. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah, let me clear my throat. Oh, <laughs> we're on two different pages. I was doing a drum roll getting ready for you to say the name. That's fine. So today we are going to talk about the beautiful Natalie Wood. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was, I do have to say, shout out to um, Morbid because I did listen to theirs on this and they made one reference about Gilmore Girls. This one character who was like, Natalie Wood. And they were like, nobody's going to know what we're talking about. Maybe one person. And I was listening and I'm like, I know what they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This will include Natalie Wood. Robert Wagner, Christopher Walken, and The Splendor and Catalina. However, this is anything but the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Facts. True facts. <laughs> um, so Natalie Wood, she was, oh my God, she was just beautiful inside and out. Um, she was a hit really from the start. Um, she was a natural born talent, but like a lot of actresses, she wasn't even sure if it's what she really wanted, but her mother sure did for her at all costs. Um, so this will also kind of tie into our episode two stories ago. Um, all the cray cray mother of the years. Yeah, honestly, definitely fits in that category. I feel like that happens with a lot of young I mean, obviously, the young child actors, their parents are the ones driving it because they're kids. Like, they don't really, you know, know. I feel like once you get to a certain age, you can decide. But, like, yeah, I feel like her mom is just like, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to be, whether you like it or not. So she would go on to do movies, big ones, such as West Side Story, Rebel Without a Cause, Um, She was in some TV series. She was a pretty big deal. Um, Her original name is Natalia Nicolavina Zaccarino. I'm probably butchering that, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm not up on the the Russian. uh, (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Um, This is probably why they changed her name. Yeah. So Natalie Wood uh, rolls off the tongue a bit easier. (laughs) A little bit. So in 1942, they bought a home in Santa Rose, where Natalie was noticed by members of the crew during a film shoot downtown. After Natalie started acting as a child, David Lewis and William Gotts uh, and their studio executives um, at RKO Radio Pictures, they changed her last name to Wood in reference to Sam Wood. Thank God, please, man, if I had to say that name all through this episode. Yeah, <laughs> we, we might be like, mm, let's not do this episode because the name's so hard to pronounce. <laughs> At the age of four, Natalie made her first screen appearance in a 1943 film called Happy Land. It was a 10 second role, which involved her dropping an ice cream cone on the sidewalk. However, you would never know it was Natalie as a majority of the part consists of a close up of her legs, followed by a long shot where you can barely see her face. And in spite of this uneventful debut, would still seem to make an impression on the film's director, who eventually helped her get another screen text, which jump-started her career. I actually went back and watched the commercial. Really? Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Um, I personally remember her though, like my first Natalie Wood, like so cute. Um, was her role as Susan Walker on A Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. I watch it every Christmas. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but this girl, she was like um, skeptical of Santa Claus. She didn't believe in him. Like, How dare you? I but saw anyway. it a long time ago, but now I want to watch it again just because we're talking about her. But yeah, her I don't raised- remember. I don't like really remember too much of it, but I know that I saw it a long time ago. Yeah. Her in the movie, her mom was a manager of Macy's. And um, so she was raising her daughter on like honesty and truth. And like, there's no such thing as Santa and always be, you know, just be realistic and, you know, whatever. And then when their Santa got too drunk to be Santa, Lo and behold, the real Santa happened to be walking down the street um, and they snagged him up and he was the real Santa. And all through the movie, they're trying to convince her that, that he's the real. He's real. You know, <laughs> it's super cute. I watch it every year with or without my child. Um, so Natalie Wood would eventually move on to bigger roles such as Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean, Splendor in the Grass and West Side Story. Um, she also had some TV soap TV shows on her list. Um, she was very achievable and a very impressive resume by the time she was like 16. Yeah. Um, Natalie was not always sure she wanted to be an actress, but her mother was very sure. Um, she wanted her daughter to be an actress, like no matter what the cause was. I mean, this mom was one flew over a cuckoo's nest cray cray. Like, <laughs> She was pushed to do roles no matter how tired she was or whether she fully wanted or not. Um, at one time, and there was a point where Natalie had to cry on a scene and Natalie didn't like to do those roles. She wanted happy, go lucky, sweet, you know, kind of like Cinderella in the beginning of the movies, you know, singing with the birds. Right. Like and, most, I feel like, like most little girls would want to do yeah. like. And she couldn't pull it off. So her mom literally ripped off sets. I'm sorry, wings of a butterfly in front of her to make her cry. I remember hearing this. And first of all, like, what a monster to the freaking butterfly and to your daughter. Like, yeah, what? Like, crazy crazy lady I don't understand um so then in 1955 Natalie was up for a big role um she had a big interview with some big stars um hours later she came out of the Chateau Marymount in California and she was just so disheveled and emotional and something was off uh Lena Woods was eight years old which is her sister um, and she recalls she knew something was wrong, but all she could make out was some angry whispers back and forth. Um, Natalie and, and her mom were arguing and she could hear her mom say, like, you know, suck it up, keep your mouth shut. Um, it was later that came out of that was that she was actually raped. Um, and there are some articles that I've seen. Um, now, some of it hinted that it was Dennis Hopper was one of the people that was named. Um, I did do some research on it. 
Um, a lot of it is pointing at Kirk Douglas. Um, however, he's 103, passed away at 103. So obviously there's no um, investigation. Yeah, well, you know, and, you know, can't confirm or deny. Yeah. Um, Natalie never spoke of it. She was basically told you can lose your career. You don't go after big actors like that. You know, basically just very, it's a shame that she was trained to keep your mouth shut, but that's how it was back in the day. Like, yeah. I heard, I heard too that her mom kind of like encouraged her to hang around this person, whoever it was that like raped her. Like she encouraged her to like hang around them and kind of like be a little bit flirty and stuff like that. Just, you know, so she could get roles and like be a bigger name in Hollywood and stuff like that. And that just makes me so sick that it that happened to her and like her mom honestly was like kind of to blame for it and then also she didn't do shit to help her like afterwards yeah um there's another one we'll get to him in a second um but yeah um her sister does did put a book out um and it said that she did try to reach out to michael douglas um but the only thing he would say is i hope the best of them i hope that they both just rest in peace so he wasn't gonna, and he might not even know. And I mean, he was a young kid at the time, young, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think most dads are gonna be like, hey, that's what I did, you know. Right. Um, but going back to what you were talking about, about the mom um pushing around people. So Frank Sinatra was another name that was brought up. Um, big rumor that um, according to the Los Angeles magazine, um, she was kind of pimped out by her mom to him. Um, he was in very awe of her and he would make everybody leave the room so he could have one-on-ones with her. Um, it was never really proven that he did it, um, but people did say that there was kind of signs that she'd been being molested, um, that just at 15, um, she just knew too much and the way acted too sexually, the way a 15-year-old should act, especially for that time. Right. Um, and that... Uh, he also admitted, though, that he would keep his goons to watch over her very closely, like all the time. So he w- did have a little bit of an obsession with her. Um, so, yeah, start spreading the news. Uh, that's gross. Yeah, I like that uh, pun there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's it just makes me so mad that, like, her mom was, like, instigating all of this. Like, really? Like, that's that f's a person up you know and like her mom did not care she just would do anything to get money make her a star you know whatever and it's truly sick and also what the fuck frank sinatra (laughs) f you you're gross (laughs) so the book is called little sister investigation into the mysterious death of natalie wood and so that's kind of a biography by Lana Woods. Um, there has been, I watched a documentary called What's Left Behind, I think it was called, or What She Left Behind, What Mom Left Behind. Um, it's on Netflix. Um, but th- in this one, it's hosted by her daughter, uh, Natalie. Um, and I was kind of 
kind of biased by this documentary um, because her daughter was hosting it and she was interviewing Robert Wagner. Mm-hmm. But she has the story goes on. Mm-hmm. That name's going to be very thrown around a lot. Yeah. Um, and it is her stepfather, but she does call him Daddy Wagner. Um, but I feel like she shouldn't have been the person interviewing him because you love him like he's your bio dad and you're not going to want to believe the worst in him. Yeah, I feel like like you're going to kind of naively want to believe what he's telling you. You know what I mean? Like it's your dad and I get that. So I don't think she would have been the perfect host to interview Yeah, I agree. I have not seen that, but I think that, you know, her still having a positive view of him and them still having a good relationship, like that can definitely like skew, skew her like opinion on what might've happened and like the facts behind it and everything like that. Because yeah, you don't want to believe that, you know, you're basically your dad would do that. So yeah, I agree. I feel like they probably should have had a more, um, uh, impartial person I guess to to host that just to you know have both sides seen and heard and the facts and everything like that yes absolutely um now her daughter was also in she was a um minor actor well, I don't say minor actress but um she was in urban legends um if you go back yeah. and remember the 98 movie she was the girl that was murdered at the gas station Oh, no way. Oh, my gosh. Um, And then she was in High Fidelity. She was in one called Another Day in Paradise. Um, I think it was a TV series called Two Guys and a Girl. Okay. Um, So she does have some stuff under her belt. When when her picture popped up, I immediately recognized her. Um, I did not know that was Natalie Wood's daughter. Um, But so, yeah um following in her footsteps well in her her acting you know (laughs) career acting footsteps um but Natalie was just she was exploited as a teenager um obviously into the sexual world pretty quick um she did end up going on to having a relationship um she was 17 16 17 and he was 42 um, it was director Nicholas Ray. Um, she wanted to prove that she could play the bad girl in Rebel Without a Cause. So to make herself feel more grown up, sexy, and also in control of herself. Like, hey, I'm a woman. I'm done listening to my mom. I'm done listening to all these people. Um, she did start a relationship with him for a minute. Yeah, honestly, very fitting for the, even the, just the freaking title Rebel Without a Cause. But yeah, I did. I, I feel like, wasn't she not, she like, wasn't seriously considered for it. Like they were like kind of having her like a maybe, but then she got like very yeah, cause I think they involved with her him. as like, like the pretty sweet girl. And she wanted yeah. to be like, you know, right. To like prove herself and I mean, it technically worked because she got the role, but it's just sad that she had to, you know, put herself through that and like feel like she had to do that just to get it. 
Um, while filming The Green Promise in 1949, um, a scene called for the young actress to run across a bridge and then it would collapse. Um, the stunt didn't go as planned and Natalie ended up with a broken arm. Her wrist never quite healed correctly. So she always concealed it um, with a large bracelet. So from then on, for the rest of her life, she always had like some kind of decorative bracelet or something covering it. Um, to which her mother told her after it happened, um, she was in, a, you know, obviously in an immense amount of pain. Yeah. Um, but her mother told her to finish the scene. We'll take care of it when we get home. So that's what Natalie did. She sucked it up, finished her scene, but her mother never took her to the doctors or to get it healed. So it healed funny. Oh my God. If I just, I, I get it. Cause it's like, it was her mom and like, that's all that she knew. So maybe she didn't realize like in the moment, like how wrong all of these things were, but it's just so crazy that like other people too around, like just let this happen yeah. like someone could have been like no she needs like medical attention but I guess it was a different time too and I mean when you're kind of though like raised in that kind of you know I want to say like mommy dearest state you know what I mean like right it's just becomes the norm sadly yeah um over the years Natalie had an overwhelming amount of support um, she did, you know, manage to get some really good actor friends, uh, Robert Redford, Warren Beatty, Frank Sinatra, Cary Grant, you know, just to name a few couple minors. Oh, um, um, haven't heard of them before. <laughs> she was just loved by all. Um, the first time Natalie would set her eyes on her future husband, Robert Ragnar, which he goes by RJ a lot. So we might switch it up to RJ. <laughs> um she was actually 10 and he was 18 and she walked past the movie studio and she looked back at her mom and said, mama, one day I'm going to marry that man. And so she actually did twice. Yeah. There's lots of, lots of psychic shit going on with this, (laughs) this family. I don't know if you're, you know, going to talk on that, but yeah, yeah, that's coming up. Yeah. That is just insane. (laughs) Okay, so the studio system um, actually had a hand in her first date. Um, So in 1956, um, she was, you know, filming with James Dean at the time, the Rebel Without a Cause. um, And they ended up setting her up with RJ. Um, The attraction was real, and they were married a year later in Scottsdale, Arizona. After Wagner proposed by placing a pearl and a diamond, ring in her champagne glass how elite how fancy it's not cliche at all right (laughs) um the couple spent much of their honeymoon on a yacht uh navigating florida keys um being on the water was a passion that they both shared though wood often spoke of her fear of deep water now this is going to go back to cray cray cuckoo mom um so natalie's mom um she was kind of living like a gypsy lifestyle um they when she was was really little like they traveled a lot bounced around just kind of you know free free on the road yeah um 
So, but she also, her mom had a lot of fears and she's a very superstitious woman. Um, when she was younger, she had went to a psychic and they told her that um, she was going to have daughters and that there was going to be a death in dark waters. Now, they didn't say who, they just said it was going to happen. Um, so even though they didn't specify, her mom raised a Natalie to be fear of water. Um, you know, just always told her, like, stay out of it. It's dangerous. Basically, you're going to die, you know. Um, Man. I have to kind of agree with um, one of Natalie's friends. Um, they later, you know, talking about this would say, like, you know, to, you know, maybe not teach her to be afraid of it, but teach her to swim. I was just going to say that. I'm like, <laughs> like, first of all, the irony, but then I feel like, yeah, like I, I get, I totally get, like, I don't know if she like genuinely believed that psychic. I get like why she would be like, oh my gosh, that I'm terrified now. Like we can't even be near water. Like if I make her so scared, she won't even go near water. But at the same time, it's like, she should, that's so ironic. Cause it's like, she didn't learn how to swim. So like, if she did eventually go near water, like she would have a higher chance of dying if she like went in it of drowning because because she was never taught to swim. Right. And Natalie and RJ had a pool. So now Natalie did have a pool with RJ. Um, so they swam all the time in water. So obviously she did swim somewhat. She just, the fear of dark water took over. So they were wildly in love. Uh, the newlyweds began their life together under the constant glare of publicity, uh, something Wood had been dealing with since her years as a child star. Um, when I look back um, in the beginning of RJ and uh, Natalie, it kind of gives me like a Benifer vibes, like Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. Um, but since they didn't really make it either, um, I'm going to go ahead and say like a Dax and KB. Okay. More positive. More positive. Or, uh, Ryan and Blake. Oh, I um, love all just, them. Mila and Ashton. Yes. Yeah, just like the beautiful Hollywood couples out there. Right. Um, but if you take away the magazine covers, the movie cameras, the makeup, the hair, the glam. Um, at the end of the day, you just have a married couple, you know, Right. Um, who in turn starts to have problems. There was rumors of RJ being tremendously jealous of Natalie. Um, he couldn't handle the fact that she was the breadwinner. Like he wanted to be an actor so bad that he would actually roll with other big actors like Cary Grant, Frank Sinatra. Um, but he just, I mean, he made it as an actor, but he just couldn't cut it as big as Natalie and as big as he wanted to be. Um, eventually he hit a lull in his career after they were married and she was just getting started. I mean, she was doing huge movies. Um, one of them was Splendor in the Grass and that one was with Warren Beatty and he was very jealous of Warren. Um, he actually admitted in his memoir book that one night he drove past Warren's house with a gun and he was full of rage and he didn't want to fight him. He didn't want to beat him up. He wanted to kill him. Dang. Like, that's like, 
quite a thing to admit there. Yeah, just like straight up. Um, however, he did not. Good, good decision. Um, but there was rumors that, you know, there was infidelity with Natalie and Warren, which turned out to be absolutely false. Um, but ironically, um, Natalie and RJ end up getting a divorce because it has actually been some uh, infidelity on Warren's part. Um, after waking up one night in their king-size bed, Wood found RJ missing. Um, she was pretty terrified. Uh, ever since she was, a, she was a child, she had a fear of the dark. She did not like to be alone. Um, so, you know, she got up and she went looking for him only to find him um, in a compromising position with somebody else. And it wasn't another woman. It was actually David Cavendish, Wagner's English butler. Ooh, scandalous. <laughs> and didn't her friends too, like people all around her, like try to warn her before she even got with him being like, um, we think he's gay. Like, isn't he gay? And she was like, no, no, he just kind of like brushed it off. And like, I mean, he, I'm sure, you know, he obviously was bisexual, but or at least maybe just struggling with being gay. So like kind of dipping his yeah. toes in both waters. But I feel like I remember seeing or hearing somewhere that her friends tried to like warn her and she was like, no, no, you know, like kind of brushed it off. I did not, I missed that part, but I totally 100% believe that you read that. <laughs> um, it was author Susan Finstead, um, Wagner's sexual betrayal, um, according to her, when, that did not only destroy the first marriage, but it was a dark cloud that loomed over the remarriage and, you know, maybe even tie into the mysterious death of her in 1981. Mm, I mean, not not a you know not a false sounding possibility like it definitely makes sense yeah so natalie after that happened you know she's just like peace out i'm done like right you know she was distraught um it was you know a very difficult time for you know both of them um rj would say that it was a difficult time because he was so upset and he was disturbed by everything that i was ready to go to go after baby um, he claims that, you know, he can talk about that pretty easily now. Um, but at the time it was a little bit more harder for him. He said that he was alone. He didn't have anybody in his life. He couldn't stay in Los Angeles anymore. Um, so he made a decision that he was going to move to Europe. Um, I tried to talk to Natalie and, you know, I was like, Hey, I'm going to Europe. Do you want to come there? And she said, no, I have other plans. And I said, okay hung up the phone and that was it. The thing that like makes me like mad kind of about that is one, what it, what did he expect her really to say? Because he just cheated on her. And also he can be like raging mad, wanting to literally shoot and kill someone because he thinks that she might be having an affair with them, but yet he can go and actually have a real affair. And it's just like, fine. The double standard. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think a lot of it too is the time when all this stuff happened, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, so after their split in 1964, Natalie did struggle. Um, she had some mental health issues. 
Um, she was filming the great way and it took a toll on her. Um, she actually attempted suicide um, after the film wrapped. Her daughter, Natasha Gregson, um, reveals that she doesn't really think that she wanted to die, that it was more of a cry for help, um, especially because right after she took the sleeping pills, she immediately asked for help from someone and um, they ended up spending the night you know, at her house watching over her, taking care of her. Um, so Natalie and I guess RJ, they don't really think it was a suicide attempt. It was just more like, yeah, like a, I'm just over it, distraught, you know? Right. Um, so I don't know. Either way, it's still sad. Right. But she felt like she had to do that and she was feeling so low that she did do that. Yeah. She did go to therapy for it. Um, and obviously she learned to better herself. Um, she did end up dating Warren Beatty for a little bit. Um, before her second marriage. Um, she was actually linked to several men, including, um, like we've talked about, Frank Sinatra. Um, there was an actor named Henry Jaglom, um, actor Michael Caine. Um, there was a producer, author Lowell Jr. Um, so, I mean, there's a few other actors. Um, actually, funny enough, it says that in 1956, she actually had a brief uh, fling with Elvis, but they didn't have much of a connection. So that was just kind of like the wind, you know. <laughs> um, Natalie would go on to marry Richard Gregson in 1969. Um, so after a string of relationships and, you know, all of them just, you know, not really becoming much um, through a mutual friend, uh, Robert Redford. Uh, Gregson was, um, and Natalie ended up dating and uh, he was actually uh, Robert Redford's agent. So there was, you know, working and friends. Um, but yeah, he was, Robert Redford was the best man at their wedding. All these big names, dang. I, I know. Um, Wood and Gregson dated for two years before they were married in uh, May of 1969. They welcomed their daughter, Natasha, in 1970. Um, and then there's kind of like a downfall after that. Um, Wood was just so, uh, you know, caught up with her daughter, just adored her and loved being a mother. Um, that Gregson started feeling like there was no room for him. It almost sounds like he got a little bit of jealous, you know, like, okay. Oh, so you're going to take care of the baby and not your husband anymore? Like, like he got jealous of the baby. I feel like that does happen though in people's relationships. Yes. Um, and then sadly, he then had an affair with his secretary. Um, when she found out, she kicked him out and their divorce was finalized by 1972. All these cheaters, man. I know. How does this woman ever trusted anybody again? Right? Uh, Wood and Wagner actually re reconnected. Um, they were both coming off of splits from their respective spouses. And they were at a party together. Not together, but the same party. And they both went home to their separate ways. And I guess it was that night, simultaneously, they just kind of missed each other 
Um, so I'm not sure who called who, but um, they ended up reconnecting. And then by July of 1972, they welcomed their daughter, Courtney, um, after they reconciled. And in 74, she was born. So in 72, they remarried and then had their daughter, Courtney, in 74. Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just for that moment. <laughs> um, so because of the split, Gregson decided that he was going to leave the country. Um, he went to England and Natalie was actually adopted um, by Wagner. So this is why she calls both of them her father. She calls one daddy Gregson and one daddy Wagner. Um, so Wagner, you know, he also had a daughter, Katie, um, from her previous marriage, and then two sons um, that he also had, um, Peter and Joshua. Um, they were from the previous marriage. So in fact, Joshua says in the documentary that he lived with Wood and Wagner for a while and the marriage just seemed to fit. What do boys know though, you know? Yeah. He, they, he got it wrong, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, after college, um, they did go to stay in the guest house and they stayed there for a while. Um, and Josh says that they, you know, became very close to Natalie and he just thought that, you know, they, this whole family would be a happy family, you know, right from the get-go. So, yeah, uh, by this time, Wagner would go on to star in the TV series Heart to Heart. Um, and that was kind of a little bit of a bump out of his wall, right? you know, I guess you could say. Um, it still wasn't really movies, but... That was a big time hit um, back then, mm -hmm. uh, but Natalie was still, you know, she was going on to do like West Side Story and all these big movies and becoming more, you know, Natalie was like all the girls wanted to be her, all the guys wanted to be with her, you know? Right. She was the it girl. Yes. And I just don't think RJ could handle it. That's very uh, a reoccurring theme I've noticed in a lot of these Hollywood true crime stories is when there's two spouses that are in that same industry and one is more successful than the other. It's like the other one just like cannot handle it because which I get they're both striving for like this insane huge dream and to see the other person achieving it and not you like I'm sure I'm sure would take a toll on somebody. I mean, you know. Not to make them crazy or whatever, but just emotionally even. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much um, where we're going to take this for part one. Um, next week, we'll talk about the night on the boat. Yes. Um, 1981, that uh, mysterious night. But um, if you want to watch the documentary, um, Natasha makes some comments on it saying that um, Lana would come over, her sister made it seem like her sister would come over and she wasn't a very good aunt and she was just 
kind of infatuated with Natalie um, and that, you know, kind of put a strain on some of the stuff family-wise. But when I listened to Natalie talk, um, I also listened to the podcast um, called uh, The Voyage, The Mysterious Death of Natalie Wood. Um, and I'm actually really enjoying that documentary. I think that one was put together very well. Um, I think it's like a 10, 13 episode documentary. I think that's the one you're, mm-hmm. you're listening to yep. as well. Um, and you'll hear in that one, the sister made it sound like they were close. Um, she did put a memoir on it. Um, and it just talked about a lot of how Natalie would show up at her house, you know, upset, you know, um, I don't know if there's a lot of physical abuse, but it seemed like there was some nights of abuse there, definitely emotional. Yeah. Um, and she would show up there and, you know, kind of stay the night there and just kind of recoup. Um, it seems like, you know, RJ and Lana were okay, but not, you know, not the best of friends. Um, but family enough you know right like they were fine enough but there was some not tension but like distance kind of between them yeah yeah um after she died um she did get all of natalie's um clothes like belongings there um and it was so much stuff that she didn't know what to do with um she became actually poor for a while because she got um, blacklisted by RJ so she didn't work as much um, after some accusations and stuff was thrown around so she did end up having to sell some of the stuff just because there was an overabundance amount of stuff and uh, you know he threw a fit about that saying that um, she was just using Natalie's name to make a profit mm. um, so there was a lot of arguments about Natalie's stuff after Natalie um, had passed and um, as we'll talk about next week too this um, investigation and this fight between you know RJ and the Woods family I mean it's been what 30 years and it's still going on yeah it's insane like how I mean how long a time span this entire story is from like her childhood to like all the way up to now like it's still being discussed you know yeah it's crazy the length of it like I said you can check out the documentary um I want to say it's is it what she left behind but I'm kind of biased I guess because I don't think that uh the daughter should have done it I feel like I mean I can understand why because you love your mom yeah it's it's not very open-minded yeah it's called what remains behind um and it's a documentary uh i watched it on youtube i thought it was netflix but it was youtube um it's also on hbo max so maybe that's where i I don't fucking know where i watched it okay (laughs) one of of those places um it was probably hbo max but yeah i just uh i feel it would have been better if somebody else kind of did it because i mean you love your mom so much but I mean, in the episode, you're still calling, you know, Daddy RJ. And 
I feel like she was even kind of making some excuses for him, like when they were talking about, um, and we'll get into it again next week, um, just some stuff that happened on the boat, you know, and she's like, yeah, you know, she would have done that because, you know, the noise was bothering her. And I feel like, stop trying to stick up for your stepdad. We all know he did it, okay? Right. <laughs> I was getting angry, but. Right. Yeah, I. I definitely get that like it it should have been somebody else who had facts and who laid things out kind of in a way for like the person watching to decide for themselves not like swayed one way or the other she's clearly swayed uh towards RJ's way (laughs) I believe that um but but yeah so that'll wrap us up for the start of today Natalie Wood part one um come back and we will talk about um, the big night of what happened her last night. Yes. Um, and then you can give us your thoughts, opinions, comments, questions. Um, if Theories. I missed anything about her younger life, um, feel free to let us know. Um, I probably did. There's so much information, but I just tried to weed out the most interesting. Right. Yeah, definitely a, a lot to the story. So any tidbits that you guys know um, or remember or whatever, send our way because we'll definitely be interested to hear about those. But I will leave you with a couple of things. Um, so our stupid story, I just wanted to tell you. So two men were arrested in Santa Rosa County, Florida, um, after law enforcement officers said they found illegal drugs in a bag labeled bag full of drugs (laughs) wow way to make it discreet (laughs) uh the men are pulled over by a state trooper for allegedly speeding 25 miles over the limit um the santa rose canine deputy recently assisted and after the traffic stop on i-10 where a large amount of narcotics were discovered so note to self people make Maybe not put your drugs in a makeup bag that says bag of drugs. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I already knew that, but like maybe more people just need clarification on that because it's a little, um, a little obvious. (laughs) Yeah. They had 75 grams of methamphetamine, 1.3. Oh shit. I thought it was just like weed or something. 1.36 kilograms of GHB, a gram of cocaine, 3.6 grams of fentanyl, and 15 MDMA tablets. I'm not sure what that one is. And drug paraphernalia, um, according to CNN. This is a serious bag of drugs. (laughs) Yep. And the picture, I'll post it on the social it says bag full of drugs. That's amazing, honestly. <laughs> and then the fact they were speeding, like, did they want? I feel like they wanted to get caught. Like, that's the only explanation. Right. Oh, some people. <laughs> this is why I call them uh, less classless layer criminals. Yep. It just fits. It just fits, you know? <laughs> So that can be the uplifting, funny story to end the yeah the, the night, the day, the drive. Um, if anything, you can go to a 
work knowing that you're smarter than them guys. Right. And I'm uh, anyone who listens to us is definitely smarter than those guys. <laughs> we have intelligent listeners. Okay. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to say, um, and I don't even know if my KK knows this yet. Ooh. So I'm going to fill her in. Breaking news. Don't pump it up that big. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so um, I was just going to tell you our, some of our top listeners. Macomb is still number one. So Crystal, you're still, uh, you're still holding it down. Represent. Um, we have Milan, Italy, number two. So insane, obsessed. Um, there is a city in US, but this is not available, so I'm not sure where that is yet. But then we have Ooh, Belgium, mysterious. Belgium, and Brussels. Um, Waterford is after them, and then Dublin in Ireland. Ooh. Um, shout out to Lubbock, Texas. Oh, uh, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor, Michigan, Richardson, Michigan. I will look that up and I believe it said Virginia, Connecticut. Okay. Crap. Crap. I'll have it figured out by fact check of next week. <laughs> I'm no help because I have no idea where that's at. And um, our new list we added, we got Singapore now. <gasps> Hello. Yay. So thank you, listeners all around the world. Our international peeps, we love you. And our national And our ones. national ones too, yes. Sorry, I wasn't singling. I was just, it's just. There goes McComb, who just fucking lost it. Dang. Watch them fall off the list. Fuck this girl. Uh, okay, I'm going to leave you with a trivia question, and then we are going to log off. But we are going to be back next week. Um, so... I know you're all sitting on the edge of your seats wanting to know the rest of Natalie's story. Tune in for part two. So usually I leave you with a horror question, um, the horror movie ones, and you guys have been rocking it out, sending us answers. Um, But I wanted to test your true crime knowledge. Um, And it's on a story that we've done. So if you don't know, you can go back and listen. Go listen. Um, so we've covered the story, Small Sacrifice. Um, it's a true crime story. Um, so it was done by the story of Diane Downs, who tried to kill her three children in a car. What famous celebrity played Diane Downs in the movie? I know, I know. So... Diane Downs, what actress portrayed her in the TV movie, Small Sacrifices? If you want the answer, guys, if you want to be the first person to get the answer and to get the shout out, go back and listen to our episode because we for sure give the answer. So I'm just saying you should go listen to it. It's a good episode. It really is. So, well, I think that's all the knowledge I have for the night. My brain is <laughs> fried. Let's just say I'm, I'm very impressed that I showed up to this desk sitting straight up. Oh, we started well, we appreciate you showing day, up low. So <laughs> I, uh, 
been, been working all day trying to get a head start on, on the movie move. Oh yeah. Um, fun, fun process. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks for logging in. Don't come back. I mean, don't come back. Don't forget to come back. <laughs> um, please come back. <laughs> please. Again, my tired brain. Um, <laughs> Don't forget to come back and listen to how it all ends with Natalie Wood and RJ. Oh, yeah. Crazy shit, guys. Crazy shit. Don't want to miss it. So, yeah, listen for part two. Um, But until then, stay creepy, y'all. We got to go. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.